Good morning. It is so good to be here today with you all. Uh, I have not spoke for a whole month, so I'm super excited. Uh, we're starting a series called The Backwards Plan. Uh, it's going to be so good. Just, just let, me, let me ask you something. Don't miss the month of August, all right? Uh, it's going to be really, really, really good. Um, I want to say hello to all those uh, who are watching online, uh, listening online. Thanks for tuning in. And then everybody in the theater today, thanks for coming. Uh, my name is Eric Matoy. If you don't know me, Pastor the Grove. And we are thrilled that you took some time out of your week uh, to start your week off by, by just joining us. And uh, we're, um, we just finished a series called uh, Positive Influence. We bring in, bring in speakers for the month of July. It gives me a break but also gives you um, an opportunity to see some of the voices that are in my life that are helping me and encouraging me to be the best leader I can be. And so I hope you enjoyed Craig Rochelle uh, and, and Chris Hodges. Both those were via video. And then our overseers and our, our network pastor who came in July. If you missed it, go back to archives. You can listen in on our webpage or our Facebook uh, or through our podcast. So it's a good way to catch up. Um, but we're, it's, it's great. So backwards plan. We're starting today. Backwards video is pretty cool to watch, right? It's interesting to see when how something's started before it happened, uh, before it ended. Uh, see how we rewind a little bit. Uh, so for the month of, of August, Backwards Plan is a series, and, and my heart is to help you guys succeed in everything you do. I believe in you, but more importantly, God believes in you. All right? When it comes to Backwards Plan, let me just tell you a little bit about the Backwards Plan. Every time in my life that I've used this principle and this planning process, I, um, how would I say this? Um, I do exceptionally more or better than if I would have neglected it and didn't do it. And in fact, all the areas in my life with choices and decisions that I didn't use the backwards plan, I have regret and wish I would have planned better. I wish I would have done something different. Um, so every time I use it, that's just off the, off the front. Our church was started with the backwards plan. So we, uh, we'll walk through the next few weeks what that looked like. But we had a, a very um, solid and specific goal in mind of what we wanted to accomplish. And what's great is almost three years into it, we are accomplishing exactly what we set out to accomplish as a church. And it's awesome to see uh, just what God is doing in the Grove and through the team and through us. And we look forward to all, the, all what's ahead. But here's, here's the big idea for the whole series. All right. So the backwards plan, here's the big idea, is how to get to where you want to go from where you currently are. So we're going to be talking about how to get to where you want to go from where you currently are. We all have um, and that's this idea um, of what we want to accomplish in life, where we want to be 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Right? A lot of us have this. A lot of times it's just a general idea. Sometimes it's more specific. But all of us, if I were to ask you, um, you know, what are you doing to ensure that you're not, you're not going to fail at your life? A lot of people will be like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to go with the flow. But, but the backwards plan is going to say whatever it is that God has put in your heart, whatever it is that you're hoping to have in the future, if you will begin to put the principles that, that God teaches us, that he's modeled for us, uh, we find throughout scriptures, you'll be able to get to that destination if you put the right things in place. And for, this, for the whole month of August, I'm going to teach you how to put those things in place. But we need to start off first by talking about uh, where, where, where we want to get to. In 2004, uh, in the Summer Olympics in Athens, uh, there was a, a, a rifle, a, a, a rifleist. <laughs> what do you call those guys that shoot shoot the rifles? Um, somebody help me. A sniper. Oh, yeah, that's close. But you know what I'm talking about? The guys that shoot the targets. I just lost the term. I don't know what they're called. Marksman. Okay, there we go. So there's just there was. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, there was this this young man from from the United States who was representing us in the 2004 uh, Olympics in Athens. And he was shooting the targets. Uh, Matt Simmons is his name. He was so good and so far, far the field, head of the field, 
that everybody that was in, in the same competitions with him just knew, all right, I just have to do my best so I can get silver. Like they knew gold is out of reach because he was so good. They just were hoping for silver or bronze. Like they weren't even trying for gold. They were just saying, I just want to be close enough to him that I can at least hopefully get silver or bronze. They just weren't expecting to win. Well, Matt Simmons, uh, and, and during, during the event, one of the events, there's three different events, different positions you go to. And one of the events that he was shooting at, he had his last target, right? He's so far advanced in front of the field that all he had to do was just hit the target anywhere. Like usually you have to get close and you have these points, you know. He just had to hit it anywhere. I'm pretty sure he could have, like, just pulled up the gun like this and shot with his hip and probably would have hit it anywhere on the thing. But, but here's, here's what you have to know about these guys, all right? It's not that they're really good. It's not that they, they can aim really well. What they're really good at is they're able to calm their heart rate down. Right? This, is, this is why they're so good. They're able to calm themselves so much that their heart rate begins to drop that they can actually figure out when the heartbeat is happening, and they pull the trigger between heartbeats. Because if you pull in with the, with the heartbeat, you, you have a chance to move a little bit. And the reason he's so good is because he can calm his heart rate so, so far down that he knows when the heart is beating, and they pull the trigger right between the heartbeats, which is pretty awesome. I mean, that in itself is pretty amazing. That's why they are so good at shooting, because they can do that. Well, here Matt Simmons is so far, far advanced in, the, in front of the field. He has his last out there. He's getting ready to shoot, calms his heart down, try, probably paying attention to his heartbeats. It's happening. How are he's doing that? He's aiming, shoots bullseye on the wrong target. I have a picture of what happened after. Look at, look at this. All right? He's like, what? Here's the thing about this picture. This series, if you missed it, a lot of us are going to find ourselves 10, 20, 30 years down the road. You're going to have that exact same face. What? I didn't know I was going to end up here. What? How did I end up here? Like, I, what? I shot the wrong target? If you missed what I'm trying to teach this week, you will potentially wake up 20 years down the road with this face saying, what do you mean I was aiming at the wrong target? D.L. Moody said it like this. He said, our greatest fear should not be failure, but succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. Your greatest fear should not be of failing at something, because here's the truth. We're all going to fail at many things throughout our life. Failure's not the end. It's just part of the journey where you fall and you get up again. You fall and get up again. We do this as kids. He's saying failure should not be the thing that we fear. It should be succeeding at something that you wake up one day like Matt Simmons and says, what? I shot the wrong target? Like I spent my whole life aiming at the wrong target. I wasted all those years going in the wrong direction. And I want to save you the regret. I want to save you the pain of having to wake up one day saying, what? How did I get up here? How did I get here? Here's the thing about our population, right? In the United States, only 20% of us actually have a set destination or a goal for our lives, all right? Only 20%. That's one in every five of us. So in this room, one in five of us will actually have an, an idea or destination of where we want to end with our life. The rest, the other 80%, it's kind of just wandering through life, waiting for everything to happen, and just going along with whatever comes their way. Only 20% of us actually have a goal or, or, or a, a, a destination. But here's the thing. Nothing, nothing significant gets accomplished on accident. Um, 80% of us are going to be very disappointed if we don't do something about this, if we stop wandering and just, just, just going endlessly. Because um, so, here's the thing. No one, no one sees their dreams fulfilled on accident. No one accomplishes anything significant. No one ends up really where they want to be on accident. So people don't just wake up and realize they're on top of Mount Everest. It took a, a plan. It took a, 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 a dream to get there and then all this work that went there. And for the next four weeks, we're going to walk that out what that looks like. But today, I want to just talk about the target. What are you aiming at? In your life, what are you aiming at? Um, if you can imagine going to an airport, all right? 
None of us would do this. Right? We'd go to the airport, and when we get to the kiosk, you know, there's all these different flights everywhere, and there's the, uh, the little kiosk that says this, this destination is Denver, uh, this one's Dallas, and all these ones, and you go through, and you have your, your gate numbers. Nobody's going to go to the plane and say, hey, look, at that one has no destination. I think I'm going to get on that plane today. None of us would do that because we'd be like, who knows where that's going? That could be going to some country we don't want to go to. It could be going to some city we don't want to be going to. It could be going anywhere. And then if you're not prepared, you can end up spending a lot of money to get back, and you don't know where it's going to go. But here's the sad thing. A lot of us in this room do that every single day with our lives. We get on the plane of life with no destination, no goal in mind. We wouldn't do the airport, but we wake up every single day, and we do it over and over and over. So those numbers aren't my numbers. Those are what they found out. Four out of five people wander aimlessly through life. I don't want you to be that kind of person. And God doesn't want you to be that kind of person. We'll talk about this for, for the series. Um, so nobody sees their dreams. Take it. it takes intentionality, determination to be able to get to your preferred destinations. None of you would spend money on a, on a destinationless airplane. You'd be like, I'm going to save my money for Hawaii or for Jamaica or for Cancun or something, right? I'm not going to just waste my money going somewhere else. But yet, a lot of us every day wake up and spend our life on an, an, a nameless destination, an unknown destination. Uh, here, here's what's really sad is many people will plan more for their vacation than they will for their life. Uh, they'll, they'll put a lot of effort and time. And isn't it amazing the week before vacation or a few days how much you get done? Anybody with me? You're like, I did like a, like a month's worth of, we, of work in like five days. How is that possible? Because you have a goal in mind. You have focus. You, you're determined to get, that, get there. It's amazing. You, you would be able to figure out – you always figure out how to get things done when you have a goal in mind. Same thing with life. Uh, we'll get a lot more done. So here's the thing. Um, when you have target, you, you don't waste, your, don't waste your, your, your time. The thing is this. We will all end up somewhere at some time. Right? We'll end up someplace at some point. The question is where do you want to end up at? In your life, you're going to end up somewhere when it comes to your finances – when it comes to your relationships, if your destination is known, you're not going to like it. You're going you're gonna to wake up with regret. You're going to look back, and you're going to be disappointed in, in uh, the inaction, what you didn't do. There's seven major areas in our life that we really need to think through when it comes to destinations, when it comes to targets, when it comes to setting goals. All right, The seven ones are these. Uh, when, when, where do you want to end up when, when it comes to your walk with God spiritually? Like, What do you want that to look like in a year, in two years, in ten years? Um, number two, physically. Where do you want to end up physically when it comes to your life in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? If you don't have a goal in mind, if you don't have a target that you're aiming at, you're going to wake up one day and realize, oh, wow, I'm not, I'm not in, the, in, in, the, in, the, in the shape I want to be in. Uh, we all will be in some kind of shape, right? But it might not be the shape you want to be in. And, and you, if, you have to be intentional if you want to be, be healthy physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, emotionally is one we don't want to think about. In, in a year, two years, three years. How, what kind of emotional health do you want to be, be in? How, how do you want to process things and process emotions? Like, do you want to be a wreck that, that, that just can't handle and, and, and walk through life? But if you don't plan not to be that, there's a good chance you'll, your emotions will control you and run you all these different ways, relationally, financially, and vocationally. In these seven major areas of your life, where, what's the destination that you have set in your life that you want to get to? Because if you don't have a destination, you're going to wake up one day in all these areas and realize, I could have done more. I should have done more. I wish I would have done more. Or you could be like the one like, wow, I made it to my goal. Or if it's a really big goal, I made it to 90% of my goal. And that's pretty amazing in itself. Whatever it is, you move forward. Here's the thing. Having targets for your life in each of these areas 
will enable you to do more and accomplish more for yourself, but it'll also enable you to do more for others as well, which is really what a lot of the Bible is pointing to and telling us. We need to think beyond our, ourselves. So here's what I want to do for our series. I want to move you from being somebody that just wanders through life, all right, from wandering generalities. I kind of want to end up there. Like, that would be a nice location. That would be a nice destination to a very meaningful, specific target. Like, I want this in my life in 10 years or in five years or in one year or in, in a month. Whatever it is, you begin to set these goals for your life. And really, the, the, first, the first step that I want to walk you through is really the end. We're saying, what would it look like if we walked all the way down here 50 years and said, okay, Eric, 50 years down the road, I want you to be here in life. What would that look like? Because you're not going to get here on accident. That's what the backwards plan is. It's saying, where do I want to be when it comes to my, to my relationship with my wife in 10 years, in 20 years? With my kids, where do I want to be? And then we begin to make a plan to be able to get there. And the rest of the week will do that. But you first have to get the target. You have, to, you have to be specific about the destination you want to get to. It has to be specific, and I would, I would say it has to be meaningful, or you'll get there and you won't even like what you got to if it's not meaningful. Here's what I know about people. I begin to do – because I'm going to do the whole series on goal setting, um, which, which is really important in our lives. But I begin to read, and I found this out about us also, that only 15% of us are motivated by goals. Um, the, the, the majority of us, 80% of us, are motivated by problems. Like we, we're problem solvers. All right? We don't move until there's a problem. We don't stop certain habits until the doctor says, if you don't stop, you're going to die. And then we're like, okay, I think I'm going to stop now. Some of us. Other ones like, who cares? I'm living it up, whatever, right? So some of us are only motivated when there's a problem. And then the, 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 the smallest part of us are we are motivated by opportunities. We're just waiting. We're looking for that opportunity. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But these are the motivations that we have. And when I read this, I said, I am not going to talk about goals. I'm going to talk about targets, and I'm going to talk about destinations because if you're not motivated by goals, which you should be, that's part of learning how to do it. Oh, here's the thing. Uh, 20% of people of, of Americans have goals, right? I said that in the beginning. So that means 5% of this other group or some percentage of there have, have adapted to be able to do goals in their life, which is good. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're motivated by goal, if you're goal-driven, um, goal-oriented, you would, you're looking for things to add to your life, all right? If you're a problem solver, you're looking for things to fix in your life. And if you're an opportunity-motivated uh, person, you're looking for opportunities so you can grab it. So you're adding it, you're fixing it, or you're grabbing it. All of us fall into one of these categories. If you're adding it, this series is going to be very easy for you because I'm just telling you, here's something you need to add to your life, and which means a lot of times when you add something, you do have to subtract things. If you're the problem part, which is the majority of us in this room, and I, I think I fall into that category, I'm, I'm, I'm driven by fixing things. Well, here's the thing that you have to pay really cl- close attention to or you'll miss it. Because I want to talk about this series about having goals and targets, and you're going to think, well, that's nice for you. I don't have a problem. Like, I'll, 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 worry about when it, I'll worry about that later on when it's a problem. But that is the problem. Do you get that? Like, the problem is that you are waiting to do something about the biggest problem of your life. The biggest problem of the majority of people's lives is there's no destination in mind. They're just wandering. So if you fall into that, let me just say this. Think this way. If I miss this series and the point of this series, I've created the biggest problem or let the biggest problem in my life continue on without addressing it. And then if you're the opportunities person, I hope that you'd be able to say, now is my time to do something. Because here's what happens in these three people. Um, if you're goal-oriented, you can have a lot of action without progress. You can, you can be doing all kinds of stuff and all kinds of the wrong stuff. Like you can be shooting at targets all day and realize like, 
man, I'm goal driven. Like, there's a target, there's a target, there's a target. And be like, well, that target really didn't lead anywhere. You just wasted your time shooting at all these targets. So if you're goal oriented, there's a chance if you don't get this, you could be, you can, you can waste a lot of your life not making any forward progress, but just moving around all the time. Uh, if you're a problem and you're trying to fix it all the time, there's a good chance that you're, everything you see is a problem and you're trying to fix everything and you never get to where you really want to be. So you have to learn what is really the big problem that I need to fix in my life. Not everybody else's problem, not everything that comes my way, because that's what happens if you're a problem solver. You want, everything's a problem. You want to solve it. You'll spend your time trying to solve everybody else's problems or problems in your life that really aren't that big of deals, and you miss out on solving the really big things of saying, where do I want to end up in life? And the last one, grab it. If you're, this, if you're just looking for an opportunity or waiting, the danger you're in is just sitting and waiting until that opportunity comes. I know I'm going to win that, that million. I know I'm going to win the lottery one day. I know I'm going to whatever. You fill in the blank. And you could just sit and waste your whole life and never get to where you really want to get to because all you were doing was waiting for it to happen and happen all of a sudden. That doesn't, that doesn't work. Uh, you have to go for things. And if you have a, direct, a destination, you start moving that way, I guarantee you all the opportunities will start coming your way. Because you're actually starting to move towards what you want to be. Proverbs says it like this. Um, oh, let me say this real fast. Go back. Sorry, one thing. Um, those who have clear targets or destinations or objectives or goals, whatever you want to fill that in, they outperform those who don't. People that have a clear direction in their life, they outperform everybody else that doesn't have. Um, they are happy, happier. Statics. Statics. That's it. Statistics. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Woo. Statics. Uh, statistics, they, they show they're happier in life because they are moving towards their, their goal, their destination. And they become the kind of people others seek out because they're doing something in their life. The reason there's so many books and there's so many speakers that talk about goal setting is because they're the goal setters. And the reason they're writing the books and they're speaking is because they have destinations in mind that they were wanting to get to, that they got to. And then everybody's saying, how did you get to that? What's really sad is 85% of people that will buy a self-help book won't even finish it. Like they'll pay money and buy this book to read it, and they won't even get through the whole book, and they'll put it down and they'll stop. Um, I don't know where that came from. Anyways, just a random idea. Um, you have to have a clear direction in your life. Even finishing a book, I guess, that was the point. I don't know. Having a clear direction in your life, and this is the thing. This is in line with God's word. He wants us to understand that where we're walking and where we're, what path we're on will lead somewhere. We're all going to end up somewhere. We have to be aware of it. Next week, I'm going to talk about this Proverbs a little more. But in Proverbs 5, 6, Solomon is telling his son, be careful with the immoral woman. Like, don't go down her path. Don't follow her. Don't let her seduce you. Don't let her suck, her, suck you into that kind of life. And this is what he says about her. He says, so that she does, not think, she does not think seriously about the path of life. Her ways are aimless and unstable. You cannot know where her path leads. Solomon is telling his son, avoid that person that has no direction for their life, doesn't, doesn't think about what they're doing because their ways are unstable. Like, be careful. He's warning and the opposite would he be saying is, don't become that person either. So in this room, we have to be really careful with, with our lives and say, I don't want, I need to think seriously about the path of life. Because where you're on and the direction you're walking in is going to lead you somewhere in every area of those lives. Don't wander aimlessly, but, but think about where that path leads. And next week we'll talk more about that. Isaiah 32, 8 says this, but the noble make noble plans and by noble deeds they stand. This idea that people that, that, that have these big dreams, if, if the dream is a, is a really good dream, that's a God dream, that, that it's going to help others, like that's a good chance that dream is going to happen because God is wanting us to accomplish good things on this earth. Noble people, they make noble plans. And, and by those noble deeds, they will stand, they'll, they'll happen. So today is this. Would you begin to dream big? Dream big. 
Here's what happens when it comes to dreaming. Sometimes we don't give enough space for our dreams to really to work through our dreams. We, they become generalities like, I, just, I guess I kind of want to get there. Well, this week, my challenge is that you're going to be able to, to begin to think about these seven areas in your life and dream, what is the destination that I have for these areas of my life? And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But it starts in your thoughts. This is where it has to start. Dreams always start us thinking about them. And, and if, if, if you process it long enough, think about it long enough, you'll begin to be able to put these other things in place that we'll talk about next week. Um, four things that keep us from, from having big dreams or, or clear destinations or targets. Uh, one is just the lack of understanding that we really need to know that that's important. Like we have to have purpose in our life. Uh, people just don't get it. They're like, okay, I'll wait in 10 years, three years, then I'll start saving. Or I'll wait a few years down the road, and then I'll start this habit or that habit. Um, but as long as there's not purpose in your life, you'll wake up and realize that you went a lot further than you're hoping to start that habit. Other thing that keeps people from, from setting goals or, or, or clear destinations is the fear that they won't ever get there. Like they're like, man, I don't want to be embarrassed by setting this goal, and then I don't even get there. That's going to be – I'm afraid of that. Or they're afraid to, to walk in that direction be, because it's big, and they might not think they can make it. Um, other one is doubt. Some, we, a lot of times we just doubt ourselves. Like we can't accomplish these things in life. Like it's not – I'm not strong. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough, whatever. And we let our self-image, we let our things in our life keep us from accomplishing big things. And all the time God is saying, no, you have more in you. Don't let those limitations stop you. And then the know-how is the other reason people don't set big goals. They just don't know how to get there. Next four weeks, let me help you to know how to get to these goals. As you seek God, there's tons of – it's written very plain in the, throughout the scriptures of how to accomplish these things. Um, so I'm trying to build a case that you understand what's at stake. Don't let fear and doubt keep you. Don't let the, the know-how keep you. Begin to sit. You can learn from those things, uh, but don't let them control you. That's one of the big things we have to do. So here's my challenge for today, and then I'm going to finish, finish the, the message today by uh, just talking about a person in the Bible. Um, but here's my challenge, that you would start dreaming this week by praying. So this week, in a second, I'm going to put the screen on with the seven. Write those in your phone, take a picture of it, and go home and get a piece of paper and write out those seven areas of your life. Uh, but start writing down a destination for each seven major areas of your life. Every day, we're going to go on Facebook, and we're going to say, have you thought about this when it comes to your dreaming for those seven areas? And then tomorrow, I'm going to get on and say, have you thought about this for that dream that you, that for, for those seven areas of your life? And then on, on Tuesday, we're going to write another one, and then on Wednesday and Thursday, and the whole week, what I'm going to do is, as a, as a church through Facebook, we're going to challenge you to begin the process of letting your dreams begin to, to take shape and take form. Because what I want to happen is I want your big dream, your general dream to kind of be in this, get shrunk where you say, okay, I see it. This is my target. Like, that is my destination for my life. Um, so take a picture. So start dreaming, and I would say by praying. Every day as you write this list, would you ask God, God, help me to accomplish the purposes you have for my life. Like, let me accomplish the things you want me to accomplish with my life. And then begin to dream and do those things. Here's the seven things, right? Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally, financially, and vocationally. What is the destination that you have in your life for those seven areas? If you will just begin to write down a destination or a target, you're already in the, in the top one-fifth of our population because you have an idea of where you want to go. Let me, just, let me read you a couple of mine, right? Um, my targets. So this is, this, is, this is what I'm dreaming about. When it comes to spiritual health, I want to be willing and able to say yes to whatever God asks of me. That's not going to happen on accident. That takes a lot of relationship building. And then on each of, these go- each of these goals and dreams that I have, there's all these other steps in there that we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. But my big one is this. 
When God says, Eric, I want you to run, I'm going to be able to say, how fast and where? When God says, Eric, I want you to give that up. I want you to be able to give that to this person. I I want to be the kind of person that just says, okay, God, I trust you with everything I have, that no matter what you ask, that's my goal, that in 10 years down the road, I'll be able to say yes to whatever God asked me to give up. Yes to whatever God asked me, wherever he asked me to go. Very specific, saying, God, this is, I, I want to be that kind of person so intentionally that when, you say, that when you speak it, I hear it, and I start walking in that direction that you want. Um, when, it comes to, when it comes to physical, my, my goal for my life is I want to be as active for as long as I possibly can, which means I don't want my body and my heart to keep me from accomplishing the purposes that God has put in my life. So then I have all these steps in there. How am I going to be physically fit for my life? Like, what's that going to take? You have to have a plan. Um, relationally, when it comes to my family, I want to like my wife more when the kids move out of the house than I did before I married her. That's what I want. When my kids all leave, I want to be able to look at my wife and say, hey, they're all gone. I like you more than when I married you. Like, I would do all this over again. That's the kind of relationship I want to have. That's not going to happen on accident. But it's a very clear target. I want to like my wife. And I want her to like me, hopefully, more than she did, too. That, that's important, right? <laughs> Um, relationally, I want to have friends who I can go on vacation with and laugh with. Like my, my measurement of a, of a good friend is somebody I can laugh with a lot. That, that's like the standard for me. If I can laugh with somebody a lot, that means that I'm, I'm vulnerable enough to look stupid. I'm, I'm being vulnerable enough to be able to let everything out and just have a good time and laugh. People that I can't do that with, I just know I won't be comfortable. I, there's a couple of um, relationships I have. I cannot laugh at that person. I can't make him laugh. And when he, you know, I don't think he ever tries to make me laugh, but um, I just won't ever be his friend because it's so, it's so life-draining, not life-giving. My relationships, I'm saying, I want to go on vacation with people. that I have friends. I can go on vacation, and I can enjoy them for maybe a whole week and not, like, you know, hate them or whatever. Like, it would be fun. That's just, yeah, I want those kind of friends. I'm working on it, all right? Um, there's some other ones. Uh, for ministry, um, I want to help start 100 churches. My goal, um, ten, ten, for every church we start in the U.S., I want to start 10 churches somewhere in the world. Um, financially, my wife knows this one. We want, to, we want to learn to give more away every year. So the Bible talks about percentage giving. So we want to learn how to, how to manage and budget well, uh, our finances well, so we can give away and at some point be able to give more. Uh, she doesn't know this goal. I shared it for team services. I want to be able to one day be able to give back to every church that I ever worked for all the money they ever gave me. Because I want it to be said of me that I didn't take from the kingdom. I gave to build the kingdom. I want to be that kind of person. Now, that's a really big goal. Um, will that happen in my lifetime? I, it's going to take my whole lifetime probably to get there. But here's the good thing. Some of my other goals and dreams, if I accomplish those, that would not be that hard. Um, and I have them written down, very specific. I want to, um, for our church, here's, here's the goal that we have set. We want to reach one person every single Sunday for Christ. And 151 weeks later, We've reached at least one person for Christ every single week. That's a new person, not like multiple people. It's awesome. Yeah, come on, yeah. We started the Grove saying we want to go after those that nobody's reaching. Um, that's why we exist. We exist to reach people life give message of Jesus. People have never heard it. We want to go after them. Um, and God has honored it. We're, we're, we made a plan. We're working, we're working our plan. Um, you be very, very, very specific. Um, I have some other ones. Maybe next week I'll go over the other ones with you. Um, some dreams you don't want to share. You want to just work on those, and, and you tell you want to t- tell the right people because if you tell the wrong people, they'll kill your dream. They're like, <laughs> you can't do that, and you're like, you're right, I can't do that, and then you miss the opportunity doing it. What if God wants you to do that? 
and he could make a way because anything is possible with God. You need to dream big, learn to, to believe in what the plans God has, that God has good plans for your life. Begin to do it. So take a picture, begin to write down for your life specifics of what you want your destination to be in those areas. Because here's the thing. You cannot hit a target that you do not aim at. You cannot hit a target that you're not aiming at. And you can't aim at a target if it doesn't exist. If you have not put a target in those areas, you'll never hit it. Because a target doesn't exist, you can't aim at one. And, and here's the thing. You don't win if you, hit all the other, if you hit the wrong target over and over. Like, you might be aiming at other people's target your whole life. Like, I'm better than that person. I'm better than that person. Like, I'm better looking. I dress better. I drive a better car. You're shooting all these different targets, and you're like, wow, those were not targets that I really wanted to aim at my whole life. I should have been aiming at that target. This series, I'm saying, would you aim at this target? Is it possible that you're trying to get into someone else's boat rather than getting into the boat that God has perfectly for you? Let me, let me explain that. There's a story in the Bible of this man named Jonah. God says, Jonah, here's the destination I want you to go to. And Jonah says, no way. I'm going the opposite way. He hops in a boat that's going the opposite direction, destination of what God told him. And, and God is saying, no, Jonah, I have purposes for you to, to accomplish something. And he got in the wrong boat and went the opposite direction. Eventually, God changed his heart through, through circumstances, being swallowed by fish, and um, um, just, just helping him to realize what was important. And, and he gets back on the right destination. But here's the thing. He got in the wrong boat, going the wrong place. And he, and he almost missed the very thing that God wanted him to accomplish in life. What if you're in the wrong boat, going in the wrong direction? What do you do? What if the goal and the target that you've been aiming at and looking at and driving towards is actually the wrong target? The Bible uses a word. It's called repentance. Um, repentance. In the Old Testament, the idea of repentance is that you have a change of direction. It's this idea that you're walking towards the wrong destination, all right? And, and at some point, you, have a, you, have, you realize that I'm going the wrong direction. You, you change your direction and go the opposite direction. In the New Testament, the idea of repentance is a, is a change of mind. It's like you have this new thought. You're like... Same idea, you're walking the wrong direction, you're like, wait, I'm aiming at the wrong target. Like, I should really aim at that target. You know, I'm going to Albuquerque, but I really think I'm supposed to go to Española or Taos or wherever you're going, Denver. And you, you change directions, you begin to move, move away. Jonah didn't accomplish his purpose in life until he repented and turned from the direction he was going back to the direction God wanted him in the first place. God wants you to have big dreams. He wants you to accomplish big things. But he also wants you to accomplish things that are going to be meaningful, not just to you, but to others around you, to make a difference in your life. These goals are not just so you can be successful and have, have a lot of money and just have it all for yourself. It's so you can accomplish great things in life. Uh, relationally, for my kids, I want my kids to, to want to be like me when they're older. I want my son to treat his wife like I treat my wife. That's hard because sometimes I don't always treat her the best, Right? And my kids are watching and thinking, oh, I should really set a better example. Um, Chris Hodges said last week, I want my kids to drive like me, which some of us could use a lot of help, right? I want my, my daughters to want to marry somebody like me. Why? Because that says that there was something in our relationship that they said, I want that in my life. If you aim at the wrong things, you can get everything yourself, and that's fine. But if you aim at the right things, you'll get there one day and you'll say, wow, I'm so proud of my, my relationships that I have. I'm so proud of my family, my kids, whatever. Um, Paul says it like this in Romans 12. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you, 
which is good and pleasing and perfect. The message tells us don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you just fit in. This week, my challenge is that you would begin to say, all right, I want to dream the kind of dreams that God has for me. I want to put the destinations in my life that God has for me in mind. I want to set the goals that God wants me to set. But if you're going the wrong direction, the first step is to stop and repent. You say, God, forgive me for going the wrong direction. Help me to go the right direction. And I would say that first most important goal is that spiritual goal. What kind of relationship do you want with God? How do you want to be able to respond to God when he asks you to do things? This life is a test for the next life. Those that are able to say, make, make God Lord of their life and submit to his lordship, man, they're, they're going to understand heaven. It's going to be great. Those that fight and don't want that, they don't get it. So there's people in this room, as I talk about goal setting, the principles we'll talk about, whether you're a Christian or not, they're going to apply to your life and they'll help you. You should come and hear them anyways. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian or you're in this room and you've been going to the wrong targets over and over and over, And you keep saying, why do I keep going back to these things that don't bring any fulfillment? Why do I keep wasting my life wandering aimlessly and going to these places that don't bring any kind of meaning to me? The first step is to say, God, forgive me. I turn away from those things and I turn to you. That's our starting point. We need to start with God. So so here's my my challenge today. If if you'd bow your head for me and and close your eyes... um, I want you to dream big, but for some of you in this room, before you start dreaming big, you need to ask God into your life to help you to dream big. Um, and you're here today because I prayed for you. I've been praying for you, and our team's been praying for you. There's a reason you came today. And as I talk about Jonah and I talk about this idea of having a new thought and a, and a change of direction, you know that the path you're on is not going to lead to any good destinations. And today, God is inviting you to say, get off that path and get on my path. If you're here today and you would like to say, God, I want your help leading me on this journey, would you do me a favor and lift your hands? Let me know you're here. I see your hand. Awesome. Awesome. I see your hand. Anybody else? God, I change direction. It starts with repentance. God, I have, want a new change of, change of mind, change of direction. Awesome. For all you to raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a, a prayer. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, if we acknowledge that we're going in the wrong direction, that God hears us, he forgives us of that and invites us to begin to follow his lead. And it actually says he actually helps us on this new journey. It's, a new, it's a, a new start to life. Great thing that God has for us. So if you raise your hand, would you pray, with, pray, pray this prayer with me? Um, if you're a Christ follower in this room, a Christian, would you pray with us? They're not praying alone. Say, say this, say, Father God, today I acknowledge that I'm going in the wrong direction. Forgive me. I repent. I change direction. Help me to stop those behaviors and move towards you. God, I believe you sent your son to die on that cross for me. So I could have a new life. Help me to live a life that pleases you. I invite you into my life. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen.